welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Today is February the 12th, 2020, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Last week, Josh Caldwell and I had the opportunity to travel throughout India and particularly to Chennai and Bangalore. And with us, we were able to take a team from Topeka, Kansas and Fellowship Bible Church, as well as a pastor from Connect Church in Albertville, Alabama, and a pastor from Plymouth Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. And Josh was able to sit down with the team and to talk about our travels throughout India, the pastors conference that we were able to uh, take a part of in Chennai, to see pastors from around South India come together to talk about how they could care on a practical level for those that are in pastoral ministry in and throughout Southern India to care for their congregations and to lead them to care for the orphan, the stranger, the alien, and the widow. It was such a blessing time, and, and I know you will be blessed by hearing of the experiences from these teammates, and, and and as I even think about this podcast, I would just ask that you would pray for the country of India, you would pray for these uh, 100-plus pastors that came to this conference, that you pray for the work that you're going to hear about that the Lord is doing in Bangalore through uh, just vulnerable children in this community, 125 of these vulnerable children that we work with a local church in order to care for, and I also just ask that you would consider maybe going with us some time and going on an unadopted trip to experience India firsthand or Uganda firsthand or any one of the 25 countries that Lifeline is privileged to be able to work within to manifest the gospel to orphan and vulnerable children. So I hope you enjoy this podcast with Josh Caldwell and our team that was in India last week. But before we do go to that, I want to remind you that we are in the throes of a battle for the sanctity of human life. Each and every day, there is a battle. As we just got back from India, we learned that there are 37 million abortions that happen every year in India alone. And that's only the ones that are accounted for. When you start to just break that down, that means that there is an abortion at least every 10 seconds in the country of India. This is not just important to the country of India, but as you know, in our own country here in the United States, we are in a battle for the sanctity of human life. And not just in abortion, but also in human trafficking and 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 euthanasia and, and elder care and the way that we reconcile within races. And this is why our team felt it so important to write the book Image Bears, which was recently released. Image Bears is a hard look at how, as the church, we get engaged with showing that we believe that God created life in his image, that life is sacred, that life is valuable, and that by so showing that, we show the gospel of Christ Jesus. If you would like to pick up a copy of Image Bears, you can go to Amazon.com and search for Image Bears, and you can order from Amazon, or you can always go to ImageBearsBook.com, which is Lifeline's website, to find out more information. Again, that's ImageBearsBook.com. Welcome to the Defender Podcast this week. I am Josh Caldwell, the Vice President of International Ministries at Lifeline Children's Services. Herbie Newell and I had the great opportunity to go to uh, Bangalore and Chennai, India with an amazing team, uh, a team that was made up of pastors and three churches 
and uh, just excited about what the Lord is doing through our partnerships in Bangalore and Chennai. So I'm joined here today on the Defender Podcast with Keelan Smith, the Children's Ministries Director at Fellowship Bible Church, Dustin Teat, the campus pastor at Connect Church, and Jared Cornut, the pastor of Plymouth Park Baptist Church in Texas. And we're just um, thankful that you guys have joined us. Thanks for being here today. And we're just going to ask, I'm going to ask just a couple of questions that would lead us to um, just hear some of what we've been able to do here in uh, Bangalore and Chennai, India, and just what we've seen, what we've experienced, and then how can other churches get involved in what is going on uh, to spread the gospel and to care for orphans around the world. So Keelan, I want to start with you and just see you know, if you could share a little bit about, you know, Fellowship Bible Church has had a long lasting heart in India, I think over six years of work here in India. And what are some ways that, that you've seen um, cultivated among the congregation for them to get involved with the country of India? Yes, um, we uh, yes, we have had a long standing heart for um, India and our church leadership has been um, the people that have really push that within our congregation. And so about every quarterly, we have um, stuff in our lobby about India and um, just to have the people pray for uh, pray for India, pray for us that have come and um, just the church as a whole being able to do that. We also this past December had collected an offering um, through our Celebrate the Child um, offering for Christmas. And that was um, to go, one of the areas that that was to go to was to support um, the children's or the pastors' conference here, as well yeah. as the steps home. So <clears throat> that's really great, and I think um, the steps home we've had podcasts in the past about with Isaac. So we've talked to Isaac um, Monogram about the steps home. Um, we haven't really introduced the pastors' conference on the Defender podcast, but we were able to do a pastors' conference here in. Chennai, that Fellowship Bible was able to be one of the uh, the main promoters and presenters of that uh, to help us pull that off here. And we're just really excited and thankful for what Fellowship has done in this long-term relationship in India. And um, I think cultivating uh, your congregation to be involved in short-term trips, something that's a passion of mine, and I know uh, Fellowship Bible has done just an amazing job of that. Um, Dustin Teet is here with us. Dustin and Jared both are adoptive fathers, um, which makes uh, this uh, definitely a, a unique opportunity because um, both adopted from the country that we are in currently doing ministry. And so that, I think, gives us the opportunity to um, to have some open doors that we may not have in other ways. And so, Dustin, um, as the as a ministry leader, as a church leader, you know, what are some of the leading reasons that your church and you personally decided to minister in India, to invest in India? Yeah, so for me, um, investing in India was easy. I mean, it's just natural, it's simple, because my youngest son, like you just said, is adopted from India. So naturally, my family is from India. And um, so my heart goes to the people of India, the culture of India, and I just have that natural draw to India. So personally for me, that's very, very easy. As far as our church investing in India, I think it is a more logical, practical um, investment in that we know that there are lots and lots of people without the hope of Christ in India. Um, Just the fact that we can ride two hours from the airport and um, 
be in contact with a, a totally unreached people group, like literally unreached people group, less than 2% of that population believes in Jesus and a large population, large group of that population don't even know who his net, who he is. And so um, for us as a church and me as a pastor, that's just a no brainer, man. This is the place for me to invest. I have a connection um, emotionally through my family. And also I have that con- just the logic of knowing that there are people who don't know Jesus here and a lot of people who do not do yeah. not know Jesus here. So what was the, tell us about, um, we were all sitting down with a Krupa or partner there. And what was he telling us about getting a pastor to be able to be there? Just, you know, how much would that cost? And yeah. hey, wasn't that kind of an eye opening thing for us to talk through? Yeah. So, um, during this trip, we went, yeah. uh, we traveled out of Bangalore about two hours, three hours. And we went to this village of people that uh, essentially been cast out by their family. And Krupa is uh, basically the missionary, the pastor that's working with that area. And uh, or he has he has a, a, another pastor that's actually working in that area. He's partnered with and working to secure funds for him to be in that area full time. And he told us uh, for 150 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think what, what do I spend 150 right. bucks a month on that's my right. cell phone bill for 150 <laughs> right. bucks a month? I can send a pastor to an unreached people community. I mean, yeah. totally unreached where there were two believers in the community yeah. for $150 a month. And that was just mind blowing to me. And I'm that like, really I'm is. in, right? That really you know, is. if I have to go without a cell phone, whatever, it, 150 bucks a month is totally uh, insane to be able to do that, reach people who do not know Jesus yeah. for that amount of money. That's awesome. And so Jared, I wanna kind of take this next question to you because it kind of goes off of what we just talked about, but a little bit about uh, what you witnessed in in Bangalore with Hannah and Krupa and their ministry, um, and how would you encourage? So tell us a little bit about what you witnessed, but then how would you encourage others to be praying specifically for Hannah and Krupa and the ministry there in Bangalore? Right. So we saw two things. One, which Dustin just described really well, you're just surrounded by immense lostness. I think one Christian in the village. I think he said two uh, Christians and two neighboring villages, and then ten villages, twenty families. Yeah. So immense lostness. Uh, we talked about the uh, uh, Lottie Moon Christmas offering, yeah. unreached people's practical way we can get involved there. But also they have a uh, ministry that they do is an after school ministry where they bring in kids, probably had over 100 kids in their ministry. Uh, these kids only get one meal a day. So they take the opportunity to do tutoring for them. Uh, they do Bible stories with them and they feed these kids. So they're meeting not only spiritual needs, but practical needs that these kids uh, need. And you can partner with them in a lot of different ways, whether it be financial support, they want to expand their building, to have a greater outreach, or sending teams even to partner with them, or even just uh, partnering in terms of helping them uh, have better teachers in terms of theological education and things like that. There's really practical ways to be the hands and feet of Christ through Hannah and Krupa's ministry, which is truly working among those who do not know Christ. That's awesome. And so I, I want us to, so the, the first part of our trip was really an awesome just two days of, of spending time in Bangalore with our with our partner there. And then we moved to Chennai. We were able to work with indigenous churches, believers to, to, to do a pastor's conference, talk about orphan care, talk about the gospel. And I think we could go and talk in a, in a Defender podcast for, for an hour about what all we saw and experienced during the pastor's conference. But I'll kind of give you just a quick overview is that we had um, we had our, our team members from the U.S. that were able to share some of the biblical mandate for um, the orphan crisis, biblical mandate for caring for the fatherless and 
the church's responsibility in caring for the fathers. We talked about discipleship. We talked about adoption. We talked about foster care uh, many ways. And then at the end of the conference, we went through and were able to have panel discussions with with professionals and people that were able to help say these are some practical ways to, to move forward. But I want to kind of just take a step back from the details and think about like what is the the benefit or what is the importance, I guess is probably a better way to say it, of, it, of partnering with indigenous believers. So let's just kind of all, you know, jump in here and and talk to us about um, that. And I'll, Jared, you can just yeah. start with us is what, you know, talk to us about partnering with indigenous churches around the world. And what, why, why is that really important? I think it's important because I, I think short-term missions is great coming and serving, especially if it's a lasting partnership. But these are the people who live here. They know the culture. They know the people. They're going to be here after we leave. And so I think a lot of times in the West, we think we've got the answers. We've got to figure it out. We know how to do church. So if you look at it, maybe we have a lot of ways we can improve. But partnering with them, we're able to really come and stand arm in arm. You know, I, I see a picture of Revelation of people from every tribe, tongue, and nation around the throne of God. So we're partnering with those who are made in the image of God, followers of God. But helping them to reach the people that they live with every day, just like what we're doing at home in our own cultural context. So I think it's important for us to realize we're not from here. We don't have all the answers, but we can come stand alongside you and help equip you, but also know that you're the ones that are having a lasting ministry here, not us. And, and Keelan, when we're talking about partnering with indigenous churches, I think Krupa uh, uh, specifically, was we were talking about kids and ministering yes. to kids. And I know he, he, he gave us some ideas of some things that he needed, you know, in partnership. And you and I talked about curriculum and different mm-hmm. things like that. But what are some important ways that we maybe even could take a step of partnership with an indigenous church or, um, you know, what does that look like? Um, I think one, ultimately, to definitely pray for them, um, yeah. pray for them as they are leading those children and yeah. um, pray for the teachers that they have in that place um, each and every day, because some of the teachers as well are not even believers. And so just being able to equip them enough, pray for them, um, lead them to the correct curriculum resources for their culture. Because yeah. uh, a lot of times, like Jared said, we do think that we have um, all the answers in the United States. And in all honesty, they understand that place the best. They understand the kids the best. They have the bigger heart for those kids because they see them day to day. And so just being able to direct them to curriculum resources and medical resources. Um, I know they said that they have a doctor that comes in once a month is what Krupa said. And um, but just being able to um, not just do the spiritual needs, but physical needs of being able to um, send, do the, you know, provide money and resources, um, but for their specific culture because yeah. they know it best. That's great. And Dustin, kind of same type of question. Thinking about the church in America, how, you know, how could other pastors that are uh, maybe campus pastors from a small town in Alabama or from a large town in Texas or wherever, how could pastors in America? partner with indigenous pastors like we met with in the conference and like our friends here. How, what are ways that you think that pastors could partner with pastors to, to help this move forward? Yeah, I think, you know, in India alone, there are 2,500 unreached people groups. So you're looking at, you know, millions, potentially billions of people. Yep. And so for um, a Western church or a West, Western people to send missionaries or send Westerners here to be missionaries is just impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, from the time of learning language and culture. But I think as far as us as pastors in the local church, I think the answer is just you need to find a a pastor in India 
working with with people and invest in them. That's right. You need to invest with them financially. You need to invest with them spiritually and emotionally, praying for them, being a being a re, uh, just a, a shoulder for them for what these guys are facing and the difficulty of being in a country that, for the most part, if they're a Christian, um, they're hated, um, and you know that they have they live every day worrying what what could happen, uh, but just having that lifeline of someone. Uh, no pun intended with lifeline. Right, right. That lifeline is someone back in <laughs> right. the States who loves them, yeah. who cares for them, who's sure. praying for them, who's investing in them and their ministry, who's resourcing them with resources and um, just some of the basic things we don't think about, like Bibles and, um, you know, the Jesus film and uh, just different things that we can resource so easily. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I, but I think ultimately it's you need to do it, right? Yeah. I need to do it. We need every church uh, needs to be investing with another pastor in another country uh, to reach people that don't know Jesus yet. That's right. And I think one of the things that was impactful for me is thinking about that the Jesus film in the language that we were working in, where it was that village that had only one or two believers, the, the Jesus film is actually in that language. They don't have a way to show it, you know? Yeah. And so a church, a pastor in the yeah. U S partnering with this pastor yes. to, to do simple things like helping him have a way to show the Jesus film, but then also partnering for, what are those follow-up resources look like? How do you take someone from from hearing the word, hearing the gospel, to discipling them, to them uh, becoming a believer, trusting in Christ, and then discipling them? Mm-hmm. I think my heart would be to see Lifeline take a, a back seat to this, to be a connector, to see churches mm-hmm. and churches connecting together. I mean, that would be an incredible, just a beautiful picture. And um, so as we're as we're kind of wrapping up just the next couple minutes of today's episode, I want us to kind of just think about this trip in general. Think think about um, uh, what has impacted you on this trip. Um, What are just one or two ways that you've been impacted on the trip? We've kind of named them and that's okay. We can talk about them a little more. But um, and then what could you do when you return home? Uh, What could you personally do? or What can your church do when you return home to to have impact here? So. Dustin, why don't you start us and then yeah, so we'll kind of go around. That one is by far um, just the going out to what we call D Village, yeah. which which we've already discussed that. Right. And we go into that church, and there's 70 people there that are over the age of 50, uh, 60. Yeah, they're, right. they're walking on walkers, and then they're sitting on the floor. And we get to share the gospel with them, and they have a pastor that's newly placed there. Yeah. And um, of those 70 people, there are one to two believers in the room. Um I think that was just incredibly eye-opening, impactful of just the reach that um, we could have in just a few moments. In just a week, we could be in, in touch with that and be able to invest in it. Yeah. And, and hopefully in the next 20 years, see that not be an unreached people group, see it be a reached people group. Um, that was just the eye-opening, impactful opportunity for me. Yeah. That just God just said, there it is. You know, this is, this is what it's really about. Um, so that was mine. That's awesome. So Keelan, thinking about Fellowship Bible, and you already have a partnership, mm-hmm. long-term partnerships in India. And what what impact did you hear? But then, what do you think? Um, obviously, not holding you to anything today, <laughs> because I know we all have to have time to process. Yeah. I think that's the hard thing about some of these mm-hmm. some of these questions when you're right on the trip. Is I think everyone should should take time to process what the Lord has taught them and the impact that has been made on their life, but like what, what is something that impacted you, but what else something also that practically that fellowship Bible could do, you know, quickly or to, to get involved, to, to do something 
uh, from the trip? Um, I would say the greatest impact on me was the child care center and just looking into the ki- those kids' eyes and um, d- they're made in God's image and um, that they don't know him. And But just being able to be part of that mm-hmm. and be a part of sharing the gospel with them, but then also um, being able to partner with uh, the child care center and um, just yeah the kids were a joy (laughs) and so um but also the impact of that too is they're coming from families that are non-believing and seeing those parents come and pick up their kids and um those kids have been told about jesus and so the impact that that could eventually have on the family going forward um is just awesome to me to see how big god is in that um i honestly one of my biggest things was how could we help more with that child care center and um, as a church. And um, we do have um, different people that we can talk to about getting maybe curriculum resources that are fit for India um, and helping Hannah and Krupa along with some of that. And um, so that would be the thing that's in my, I mean, children's that director, that's where my mind always goes. Um, And so that's that's what my thought was, is what are the best things that we can do um, and include kids in the process of that as well. All right, Jared, what, what is something that impacted you and how you think either your church or your personally, what is something that you may could get involved with uh, from, from the trip? Yeah, the urgency of, of the good news needing to get yep. spread here. Uh, yep. When you walk into a village, you realize, especially the age of those people, yeah. uh, they are marching very quickly to an eternity apart from God. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that should, uh, one, uh, mobilize us to make us realize the uh, great benefit that we have right. to be where we live and know the gospel and believe the gospel and have uh, access to the gospel. So I think a thing our church can do is... We talk about living on mission. Uh, we talk about the local church as the mechanism for the gospel to be spread. Right. So what would it look like for us? Um, they, were t- they told us $2 for a Bible. Yeah, so right, let's right. raise money. Let's get 100 Bibles right. in this pastor. Let's get them some resources, a projector yeah. to show the Jesus film. Right. What does it look like for us to partner with the local church, which is the mechanism for the gospel to be spread uh, to the ends of the earth? So how can we practically do that as a church? Yeah. And then uh, how can we encourage these pastors and just support them? Yeah. That's awesome. And if you're listening today to the Defender podcast and you, uh, any of this has resonated with you, um, we would love for you to partner in these ways. If you're in, if you have connections to children's curriculum or Bibles or would love to help donate to those things or would help, would love to help be a, a leader in, in helping to see these things go forward. Um, there are tangible needs, there are financial needs, and there are um, needs for people to, in the future to go. Um, and so if you're listening to this and you're interested in either supporting a pastor, um, this is one example. And I think that's where it gets me is thinking about the multiplication of this example. This was a, an example of, uh, you know, how many villages are there in India that's very similar to this? You know, I mean, the hundreds, you know, thousands, you know, and how many pastors could be mobilized to go into some of these places? You could really see this multiply if we could, you know, rally the church uh, to partner with churches um, in, in India. So uh, if you're interested in getting involved in that, please go to our website, lifelinechild.org. You can email info at lifelinechild.org or you can email um, us, even me directly, or <clears throat> reach out to one of these guys that's been on the podcast today. The information will be in our notes uh, section of the podcast. So just thank you guys. Thanks, uh, Jared, Dustin, and Keelan for being with us today. Thanks for being on this trip and for your investment in um, India, for your investment in the children and people that are here. Thank you for joining us on the Defender Podcast today and join us next week. 
Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.